Hey friend, before we dive into today's episode, I have an important question for you. Are you a reactor or a proactor? Yes, I made up the second word, but you know what I mean, right? A reactor is someone who reacts in the moment by making a decision that based on emotion and is usually more about survival in the short term. But a proactor, that's someone who plans ahead how she will respond taking into account her best interest in the long term. Did you know procrastination is actually being a reactor to your emotions? As women in midlife, especially going through all the changes in emotions throughout menopause, did you know it's called the second adolescence? Because it's like the first one in your teens, only this time in reverse? Anyway, in this season of life, we're prone to a roller coaster of emotions. Hence, Plenty of opportunities to procrastinate. (laughs) Can you relate? Learning to better manage your mind and emotions translates into having more time for what's truly important. Because not only does procrastination not help you move forward, it also costs you more time to get back on track with where you wanted to go. But no worries. I'm not going to leave you on the roller coaster of procrastination. My guest today, Laura Nazer, is a mindset and life coach for faith-driven entrepreneurs who are ready to better manage their mindset, emotions, and behaviors so they can take their business and life to the next level of success, freedom, and fulfillment without the burnout. Laura has a degree in business, is certified through the Life Coach School, and has more than 20 years experience teaching and leading in both churches and business settings, as well as running her own coaching practice. She and her husband, Matt, live on a ranch outside Austin, Texas, where they raised their two sons and are now enjoying the empty nest lifestyle. So you're going to want to listen in to the entire episode so you can grab all six steps you'll need to put off procrastination for good. Just promise me you won't put off using them. Hey, busy girl. Welcome to the Redeem Her Time podcast. Do you wish you were able to actually follow through on intentions and know where God wants you to focus? Do you find yourself looking up daily routines, time management, or life balance? Do you try to stick to your priorities, but find yourself overwhelmed and overcommitted because you said yes yet again? That's not the life he intends for you. Hey, I'm Lissa, Christian time management coach, priorities protector, and recovering to-do list girl. And I get it. I filled my plate with all the things and felt stretched too thin and only half present. I wanted to say no without the guilt so I could be available for what mattered most. But I felt like I didn't have enough time, energy, or self-discipline to make it all happen. Then, God led me to manage my time with faith as a foundation. On this podcast, you'll discover how to know what He's called you to, make the best use of your time, and overcome distractions so you can be more present and lovingly say no. It's time to give your best time and attention to what matters in this season and in light of eternity. Grab something to sip and open up your heart and calendar. I'm about to show you how to redeem your time with God at the center of it all. You ready? Well, I am so excited to welcome you, Laura, to the Redeem Her Time podcast. You and I have had the opportunity to get to know each other, but my audience may be just meeting you for the first time. So I just want to start off by asking you to tell us a little bit about who and what is filling your time in this season of your life? Yes. Well, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, right now, my husband and I are 
we're like about a couple of years into the empty nest season. We, our oldest is fully out of the nest. He's a civil engineer now. Um, he lives about 45 minutes from us. So we do get to see him fairly often, but our youngest is he's starting his junior year at Texas A&M, also studying to be an engineer, a mechanical engineer. And so Matt and I are really like, it's, it's actually a really fun season of reconnecting for us. We've always really prioritized our marriage. We always were really diligent about, you know, keeping our relationship really strong, even when we had little ones and all of that, we would try and do date night and all of that. But it has been really fun season for us to just, it's, it feels a lot like back before we had kids. And so it's been really fun. We're like renovating our house and doing some things like that. I work about 30 hours a week. So that still gives me lots of time to do Bible study, to do, um, spend time with my friends and family, stuff like that. So I would say that's, that's a big portion of it. I also am, have stepped in as kind of the primary caregiver for an elderly friend of mine who doesn't have family here. And she's had some health issues this last year. And so that's, that's also something I try and leave a good amount of margin in my schedule because my parents are in their 80s. Matt's parents are in their late 70s. And luckily, they're doing amazing. But I know in 2020, my dad broke his hip, my mom broke her back. And it was, it, I needed to be able to drop things and be there for them. So I really try and manage my schedule with a lot of margin for that reason. I love that word, right? And, <laughs> and because what do we tend to do? We tend to like stack everything right next to each other. It's like yes. the like rush hour traffic. And then one car gets bumped into the next, into the next and, you know, and everything ends up just in this big heap. And so intentionally putting margin in is so amazing. Yeah. And I love that this season of life affords that, uh, right. Mm -hmm. Because we don't have, you know, little ones maybe that we're chasing around. And yet I wish I would have known back then (laughs) what I know know. now that I need margin just as much, if not more, when, you know, my kids were little and underfoot and under, you know, in the nest and needing me. So, so to those of you who, who, um, think that you're not going to get margin until you have an empty nest, we, we are here to tell you start building it in now yes. um, because it will make a difference and you will still have enough time to do what really matters. Right. Yes. yes. So, Several I, I of my that. clients are in that season with the little ones and stuff and even babies and things like that. And, and that is a lot of some of the coaching we do around that is truly about helping them uh, shift how they're thinking about their time so that they're not thinking of it as I don't control my time. Cause a lot of, and I remember having that mindset when I had small children is like, I don't know when they're going to need me, you know? And I went through that, like with my parents, when they went through their health issues and stuff, I kind of felt very out of control of my schedule. And I really had to readjust that thinking and remind myself, nope, how I spend my time is always within my control and I get to make decisions about it. And then that really relieves that feeling of being out of control. I love that. And it all starts with mindset, which I know is something you're really passionate about. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now, what your passion is and how God has led you to uh, serve and help Christian women. Yeah. So I started out 
I would say this journey started out a long time ago, probably over 25 years ago. Um, I um, took my first Bible study that ignited when I was in my mid twenties and that ignited a, just a, a complete obsession with studying God's word. And I was mentored by our pastor for many years and, and ultimately ended up running the Bible study program and then eventually went on staff at that church, which had grown to be like a 4,000 member church at the time. And so I did that for a few years. And as I was over all those, you know, years of teaching Bible studies, I developed really good friendships. I developed really good relationships with the women and men. Some of my classes were just women. Some were had both, but um, developed a lot of really strong relationships. And the, I, it was very common for the women in my classes to come and reach out to me when they were going through something and they wanted to have a sounding board or some guidance from someone who could help them take the principles from scripture and apply them in really practical, simple ways to the challenges they were facing in their lives. Well, back then, this was probably like in 2014 or so um, and earlier, life coaching really wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> and so right. it was just becoming a thing. And when I heard about it, um, I was like, oh, that's what I'm doing. And I love it. Like, I really finally feel felt like I know what I want to be when I grow up. Uh-huh. It only took me being in my late 40s to figure that out, I guess, and into my 50s. But um, so then I went and got certified because I really wanted to make sure I had honed my skill sets around the coaching um, so that I could be the most effective that I could. And so that was amazing. And oh, I, so after that, I uh, more officially started my coaching practice. And over time, my coaching practice kind of evolved to where most of my clients are entrepreneurs and they're small business owners. Some are online business owners. Some have offline businesses. Some have kind of hybrid businesses. And, um, I just found I loved working with entrepreneurs. So at the beginning of 2022, I made the decision to to officially pivot like my marketing and stuff to uh, Christian entrepreneurs. Now, I still have clients uh, who are not entrepreneurs, but my marketing and my website and stuff is really targeted to Christian entrepreneurs, mostly women. <laughs> so yes. that's it, kind of the journey. Yeah, right. And I love how God takes us on that journey. We don't always know where each step is going to lead. And yet we can look back and see how mm-hmm. that took us to that next conversation or that next connection, or just taking that next step of faith to start yeah. you know, living that out. So I love that. Well, yeah. I, my audience is a mixture, right? I know that there are women mm-hmm. who listen who are entrepreneurs in some way, shape or form and some who are not, but the topic I want to really pick your brain about today, I, I know really will hit oh, any busy Christian woman, regardless of if she's doing a business or not. Yes. And that's in the area of procrastination. Um, so we, I, part of the redeem her time program, I talk about how we simplify what's on our list. And one of the strategies we use is called delay. And I always give this little disclaimer. And I say, delay is not the same thing as procrastinate. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> procrastinate, you know, I'm gonna let you kind of define that in a minute, right? Is I should be doing this now, but I don't feel like it. So I'm putting something else in place of this versus a, an intentional, I can't give this my best time and attention right now. So I'm going to intentionally put it in a time and place when I can give it the best of me. So I want to dive into this thing of procrastination, kind of maybe define it for us uh, and how you define it and what you're seeing in the lives of women. And let's talk a little bit about why is this a problem or such a struggle for us and what kind of things does it end up costing us? uh, You know, whether it's in our business, if we have one of those, but then also personally and thinking about, you know, some of those other areas of our life. Yes. I love your definition. That's very similar to how I would describe it as well. And I also make a point of explaining the difference. Procrastination is a reactive thing. Mm. Making decisions about our circums, like taking, I call it like taking our context into uh, account and looking at like, what's, what are all the cards that are on the table and making a conscious decision about how we're going to spend our time, resources, energy, focus, all of that stuff that, that puts, uh, we may decide, okay, I had planned to, for example, I have been planning to launch my podcast. I had planned to have it launched, um, by the end of August. And I had, I've had quite a number of health issues this year. And um, some of that flared up here recently. And I made a conscious decision, like right now, while I'm navigating this health issue, I'm not going to put the pressure on myself to try and start up the podcast and launch it and all of that stuff. So I decided to move that into either towards the end of September instead of the end of August. And that was a conscious decision. So there is like no entertaining beating myself up about not getting that done because I made that decision consciously. That's very different than if I really had decided I want to do something and have it done by this week. And I've scheduled it on my calendar to work on it. And then I get there and I have fear or self-doubt or just plain old don't feel like doing it kind of a thing come up and I react to that emotional state and go off and do something else that feels better in that moment. That's how I would define procrastination. When we're reacting to our um, thoughts and emotions and our circumstances in a reactive way. And we're not showing up the way we consciously would like to be showing up. That's what I define as procrastination. Um, and really it, it does have a big cost to it. Like it's not a, a frivolous thing that we don't really need to worry about. One is it erodes our self-trust. Like when we tell ourselves, I'm going to, um, like uh, with a lot of my clients, they'll have like a project they're trying to get done that is really key to them accomplishing a certain goal. And so when they decide I'm going to do it at this time, but then they don't, that begins to erode their ability to trust themselves. And you'll end up as someone who has this identity as a procrastinator instead of someone who occasionally does procrastinate. (laughs) And that's a real problem because then you start to 
filter your decisions through this eroded self-trust. You don't set deadlines for yourself anymore. You may stop making effective plans because you don't trust yourself to follow through. And this ends up with your self-doubt growing. It may um, negatively impact your relationships because one of the things I see people who struggle with procrastination do, and I did this for a long time, I used to have the identity of a procrastinator. Now I have the identity of an action taker. And that was a very intentional transformation I created. Um, So really one of the, the things that I see happening is they'll cycle back and forth between hustle really hard. And then that leads to burnout. Like they're trying to make up for the lost time that when they were procrastinating. So they'll go, all in and they'll hustle, hustle, hustle. They may work nights or weekends and uh, then they get themselves overwhelmed and burnt out. And then they swing back. The pendulum swings all the way back to, okay, I'm just going to procrastinate. And they'll, instead of working on what they want to work on, they may find themselves scrolling on their phone, on social media or uh, watching Netflix or eating or some other things that generally will leave them with not only the, did they not get their project done, but they also have some negative side effects of the behaviors they indulged in during their procrastination episode. Wow. And so bottom line, it really comes down to, they don't have, when we're procrastinating, it's because we don't have the skills to manage the emotions that come up and the thinking, the mindset around that create those emotions. And when we don't know what to do with those emotions, that's when we'll, we'll default back into using unhealthy coping mechanisms like procrastination to try and escape that uncomfortable feeling that we have when we decide, oh, okay, it's time for me to do this thing. And it might be a little scary. It may be outside of our comfort zone. And so that brings up the dis- some kind of uncomfortable emotion. And then we react to that. So yeah. the whole idea and, of reaction is such a great way to look at it, you know, yeah. and, and I'm thinking almost like, as you're talking about like the, you know, how we can tend to react by I'm doing a whole lot. Maybe I'm reacting Mm -hmm. to the guilt I feel for the last time I procrastinated. Mm -hmm. Now I'm pushing myself and I'm pouring in and doing all these things. And then we get to that next, that next feeling of I feel overwhelmed and too much. And, or we get to that next plateau where, you know, we're feeling the self-doubt and then it's the pulling back and it's just that rubber band effect of like Mm -hmm. constantly stretching. Um, and you you know, and I, and I, I love, I love how you talked about it being a, an identity issue right. In our, in our self-trust. Um, because if you, we had a friend who Mm -hmm. said they were going to show up to coffee and then habitually did not do that, we probably wouldn't, wouldn't continue to make those coffee dates with her. Uh, right. Because there's not that level (laughs) of trust that she's going to show up and she's going to honor our time. And, and yet we do that all the time to ourselves, Mm -hmm. um, not showing up for those things that we say matter. And, you know, in redeemer time, we talk about a with God life. So, you know, it's not just, you know, us and and not that we do things because we're trying to earn anything from him, but when this is really where he's leading, right. Then, then we are, um, you know, when we're reacting, we're not, th- we're not really thinking about the faith piece and, and the fact that he right. has everything that we need. Right. And he is yes. 
um, you know, in that. So do you think that, um, I don't know, I was just thinking about like how easy when you said we could scroll, we could binge, you know, mm-hmm. like, it seemed like back in the day, right? Like if your show wasn't, you know, if it wasn't seven yeah. o'clock on Wednesday night, then you had to wait till the next week. You couldn't just be like, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, or if you wanted to go shopping, you literally had to get in your car and go drive to the store. And now it's like, oh, I can shop here, here and here. Like, do you think mm-hmm. that procrastination, have you seen any trends of it, you know, uh, becoming more of, a, of an issue, the more connection we have to all of these other ways to escape? Or do you think that's kind of always been there? And this is just our new form of escape? Yeah, I think I think you make a good point. I think it's a lot easier for us to procrastinate um, now than in the past. But I think procrastination really comes out of um it's, it's really part of how our brains are wired to, to help us survive. Mm -hmm. So like we have as humans, we have two different parts of our brain. We have the prefrontal cortex, which is the part that like, doesn't fully form in us until we're like in our mid (laughs) twenties. And, and it is the part where we make our conscious decisions. It's the part that can look at the long, at our long-term well-being and go, you know what, this doesn't feel good in the moment, but in the long run, this is what's best for me. That's the part of our brain that does that cognitive thinking the the survival part of our brain the lower part of our brain is very re- it's really wired to keep us alive right. and it's really wired to help us avoid pain seek pleasure and conserve our energy and so if we're uh, and re- and in god's wisdom he did create this amazing brain that has both of those uh, abilities, the long-term think what's in our best interest and the, sh- just the ability to automate the things we do all the time. We don't have to consciously think about picking up, you know, our glass of water and drinking it to keep it from spilling all over ourselves. But you look at a toddler who's learning how to drink from a cup, they have to really think about it and practice it. But eventually that gets wired into the neural pathways in our brain and our brain automates that because it's done it over and over and over. And it goes, oh, there's a cup. We know what to do. You don't have to consciously think about it. But that automation, which makes it possible to function, you know, effectively, can work against us if we don't know how to be aware of what what we have automated. And so we will automate habits like procrastinating as a coping Mm -hmm. mechanism. And so then it's something that it feels like we're doing it against our own will. Like I want to be working on this project, but then I just can't seem to help myself. And I stray off into doing something else. And Um, so being aware of what's going on is crucial because that's the first step. Like we can't heal what we don't reveal. And so we have to get awareness of what's going on and why we're doing it. And that's, um, one of the first things that I teach my clients is my bear up model. And it's a behavior chain. The upper part of it is a behavior chain. But the overall framework helps them understand 
It's rooted in Galatians 6, 5, where Paul shares the wisdom of where God has designed each of us to bear our own load. And in Mm -hmm. other words, what that really means when you study the, the words there is God has designed each of us to be able to handle, um, response, being a good steward of what falls within our realm of responsibility, the things he designed us to be able to handle under normal circumstances. And it's an acronym bear up. So it's your beliefs, what's going on in terms of your thinking. Um, God has designed us to be able to take our thoughts captive, to be able to renew our mind, to, to have some authority and control over what we're thinking. And what we're thinking from a neuroscience standpoint is what creates our emotion. And that's something no one ever taught me. And, and I, and so many of my clients are like, why don't people teach us this when we're growing up that it's not our external circumstances that create our emotions. It's mm-hmm. what meaning we give to those, that objective reality. You know, the words someone says can't hurt our feelings, can't create feelings in us. It's what we make those words mean that creates the emotion in our bodies. And then those emotions, if we don't know how to handle them the way God designed us to, I always teach my clients that your emotions are like the warning lights on your your car's dashboard. So like if your check engine light goes off and you ignore it, and let's say you just, you know, put a sticky note over it and decide Mm -hmm. I'm not going to look at that then you're going to be driving down the road and eventually whatever that underlying issue is that you're not looking at and addressing is going to leave you stranded on the side of the road. Same with our emotions. If we don't know how to handle them the way God intended, then we will tend to react to them, resist them, try and like shove them down and take action over the top of those negative emotions. And that creates really negative outcomes for us because our emotions fuel our actions. That's the next step in the model. And your actions are your behavior, how you show up, how you don't show up. In the case of procrastination, procrastination goes in that action line. It's a inaction. We're not doing something that we had planned to do. And it's in reaction to that negative emotion that comes up. And that emotion is coming up because of what we're thinking about doing that task. And then how we show up over time creates our results in a particular circumstance. And so that's the behavior chain part of it. And when you understand what God has put within your realm of responsibility and what he hasn't, it makes it easier for you to stay in your own lane, not be out there people pleasing or trying to control other people or abdicate responsibility for what God has put within your realm of stewardship. It helps you clean up all of that stuff, which can really help you clean up your schedule and get some of those things that are on there that shouldn't be on there off, which frees you up to focus on what is within your realm of stewardship. I love that. Okay. So we've got the, so I'm, I'm taking notes here and I, I hope that listeners <laughs> are as well, though I know I have a lot of multitaskers out there uh, who listen while we do other things, but um, just to make, I'm going to reiterate this and make sure I have my notes right. And for those of you who are taking notes or want to come back to this, B is for our beliefs. Yep. 
E is our emotions. Yep. A is our actions. Yes. And then R is our results. Yes. And the up part of the bear up model, the U stands for you, your yourself as a person. So like your body, um, what you're doing with yourself and um, P stands for purview. And that's a word that basically means something that you've been given situational authority and responsibility for. So for example, if you're a, a, a mom to young children, to minor children, you have situational authority and responsibility as their parent to teach them, to set uh, boundaries for them, to set, give them consequences for, you know, not following through on, on the expectations you've set for them. Um, If you are an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, your business is your, it comes under your authority and responsibility. And so that just helps us get clear on what we want to be uh, managing our thinking, emotions, actions, and creating results around. Which makes me think about the fact we need to make sure that we're not taking on roles or responsibilities. Yes. It's not ours to take on and then yes. giving them our time and attention and energy and emotions and all those yes. things, right? Like, yes. One of the things the Lord has said, this is for you in this season, not what yeah. someone else has said that we right. should be doing in that. Mm-hmm. So I love this process. And actually, I just had a conversation with one of my clients yesterday who, you know, we've been working on her schedule and, and we've been, you know, kind of taking that bigger picture about what she wants her life to feel like and what this season needs, you know, her what, what needs her focus in this season. And yet in the moment, even with a great schedule that is laid out, right? There's still that tendency to put off what she said she was going to do. And again, I, I could put myself in the same place, right? And, and, and not follow through on that. So I'm thinking of that woman who's like, you know, she's listening and she's like, okay, yeah, I would call myself a procrastinator. So first we want to work on that place. Yes. <laughs> um, right? Uh, what are we identifying ourselves? Um, yes. You know, we talk a lot about on, on, in, in Redeem Her Time about it's not just a disordered schedule or to-do list. That's not our problem, really. Mm-hmm the root of it is really a disordered heart and, and mindset, right. Is what I'm hearing. Yes. So, so say yes. she's in that moment where she's, you know, she, she knows what she should be doing because this is what she committed to, not because someone told her to, but she's mm-hmm. feeling those, those things starting to come up and she's starting to, you know, move towards that reactive procrastinator. What, what would you recommend that she does kind of, how can she kind of catch herself before it goes yes. you know, too far <laughs> down this rabbit trail that then she feels like, oh, now I have the guilt around all the time I wasted and I don't follow through. And, you know, right. so that's her in that spot where she's, she's kind of noticing, yeah, this is the direction I'm, I'm kind of starting to, to, to lean towards. Well, first let's normalize our reactiveness because that is how we're socially conditioned. We are conditioned to, you know, we we're supposed to always feel good. We're supposed to always be happy. You know, that kind of stuff in our culture is, I mean, just think about all the ads you see and stuff like that. We're, we're conditioned that we're supposed to always feel good. And that is not how God designed us. He has designed us with the full spectrum of the emotional experience of being a human. And so normalizing that sometimes discomfort is going to be part of the process, mm-hmm. I think is, is key. Also normalizing that at first you're not going to catch it in the moment. When you first start working on this, 
it is most often that you're going to catch it at the result line. You're going to see like, oh, I missed the deadline. (laughs) And so as you begin to work on this consciously, you'll begin to catch it earlier and earlier in that model. And eventually you will be able to kind of root out the thinking that starts the whole process and you'll be able to really shift. And that's where the identity shift takes place and all that. That's that's not an immediate thing. It's not something we just turn on a dime and unwind all of this. So be patient with yourself. And one of the skills that is essential is learning how to hold space for yourself with compassion and curiosity instead of self-condemnation. Like instead of like judging yourself and beating yourself up, which is totally not useful. I want you to think about how God works with us. He meets us with grace and truth. Mm. Grace makes it safe for us to have a look at the truth of what we're doing. And that is what empowers us to make changes and to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we have to learn how to be compassionate with ourselves, offer ourselves some grace so that we can get curious about the truth of what was going on there. Why were we not working on what we decided we were going to work on at that time, that will shift it for you to where you can have gained so much more awareness and get some authority over your emotions, building the skill of being able to open up and um, be present with your emotion instead of trying to run away from it, uh, buffer it with, with food or, you know, other things distract yourself essentially from your emotions or reacting. So many people think that processing your emotion is venting the emotion or acting on the emotion, but that's what has us like when we're exhausted and irritable, we'll react to our emotion and vent it out on those around us or ourselves. We may snap at our kids or get in an argument with our spouse, or we may just like be the, our inner mean girl comes out and we're just ripping ourselves to shred with our self-talk. All of that really erodes our relationships. It erodes our self-trust. It, it, it exhausts us. It leads nowhere good. So, and that's not how God relates with us. He relates with grace and truth. And that's what brings about transformation. And we need to learn to do that with ourselves. And when we learn to do it with ourselves, it makes it so much easier to do it with others. It's, it goes back to Jesus's, you know, when he says, we need to love the Lord God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love others as we love ourselves. If we are constantly ripping ourselves to shred and being, you know, self-judging and all of that kind of stuff, we will tend to show up with others in a very judgy way and in a critical spirit and things like that. So it all comes together. (laughs) That's why our mindset is so key. Um, So learning how to actually process your emotions so that they can be there, but you don't act on them when, when you, it's at odds or out of alignment with what result you want to be creating and how you want to be showing up. 
That's so great. You know, I love how you took us. The first step you said was our noticing our awareness, right? This is where we're not even noticing it. (laughs) Like you said, there's, we can't do anything about it, but then that second step of normalizing it. So it doesn't make us feel like, oh, it's just me or, um, nobody else struggles with this, or this is wrong or that type of thing. And then, you know, saying when, when we do, uh, you know, are able to do that then to say, okay, so what's the next best step I can make, right? Yes. How can I I turn things now before this snowballs into an entire Netflix series or into an ice cream or into a a, a, a whole lot of things in my Amazon cart or whatever it is that's our, that's our way of numbing. So, you know, yeah, that gives us back that time, right? Not only the time that we could have invested in whatever it was that we had made that commitment to, but also, you know, now we haven't, we're not trying to make up for um, that lost time as well, which, you know, we don't have time to waste um, and we want to use it wisely. So we could talk all long. I love this because I feel like this (laughs) is right where we're at. Um, And, you know, even as a time management coach, I too have to still be very aware of how I'm responding to emotions and yes, and what actions I'm taking on that. So this has been so valuable. I've taken a couple pages of notes, uh, <laughs> so many great resources So tell us just a little bit more about like, you know, how women can benefit from what you're teaching and, and if they want support in this area, where to find you. Um, and uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So if you want to kind of dive a little bit deeper and understand, um, I, I have uh, those three steps that you're talking about. Really, I have like a three phase uh, process for transformation creation that I use. And you can get a taste of that. If you go to my website at eight, it's just lauraniser.com. Um, and I'm sure you'll have that link in the show notes. Cause my name is spelled funny. It's in a I S E R, but lauraniser.com. You can sign up for my free course called finally stop procrastinating. And we dive deeper. It's five simple, uh, lessons. You can listen to them on a private podcast, or you can watch them on video. I have a little workbook that'll take you through taking a project, you know, that you've been procrastinating on and really digging in and getting that awareness, but it takes you through basically the three phases of my empowered transformation accelerator process. The first one is gain awareness. The second phase is build authority, build your skill set, learn how to manage your emotions, all of that stuff. And then the third phase is called forge achievement. And that's where you actually go out, put your skills into practice in your daily life. And it's a real practical way to help you understand why you're procrastinating and create some effective strategies to get you into action taking mode without beating yourself up or wearing yourself out or swinging that pendulum all the way over to the hustle culture kind of thing. Exactly. Oh, I love that. And I will just give a plug. I've gone through the finally stop procrastinating course and I had things that I needed to learn from that. So I know that my listeners will be blessed uh, in that way. So I will be sure to link that into the show notes. And I am also inviting Laura to come into the redeem her time community so if you have questions, if there are things that you, you know, want to ask about or comment on, I feel like that's a way we can take this conversation on the podcast to a deeper level and make you feel like you're really uh, getting to connect with, uh, with me and with the guests that I bring on from time to time. Um, come into the community, come ask your question, come, 
you know, get some more information and let's work on this, uh, this procrastination thing together and make the best use of our time. So, well, thanks Laura so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. I know I was blessed. I know so many women will be blessed by this conversation. I encourage you if you're listening and you know of a friend, a sister, a a friend, a coworker, a a boss, uh, whatever, who, you know, who also says, oh, I'm a procrastinator. This may be the episode they need to hear and start changing that identity and changing that mindset. So please share that with them. And Laura, in closing, I always like to kind of get into your heart and calendar. So as you look ahead to the season of life that you're in, what's one thing that you would love to make more time for in this season? In this season, I have really been focusing on my health. And so I have really allocated more time to exercising, focusing on my nutrition. I'm in a coaching, I have a coach and a a coaching program that's helping me with that. So that's one of the things that has moved up as a priority for me in this particular season. That's so good because that has a ripple effect in every other area (laughs) of our lives. So good for you. Good for you. Well, thank you so much for all of your insights today and all the value that you've given us. And I'm excited to see how this resonates with women and have some more conversations inside the community. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to connect with your listeners and your community. Don't you just love it when like-minded women come together to have discussions about real life issues we all face in midlife? There were two truths that really stood out to me today. One, that we should not be surprised at our tendency to be reactive because as humans and women in midlife, we were designed by God with all the emotions. So feeling them is totally normal. But secondly, I loved the reminder that it's not as much about not feeling an emotion, but about being proactive in how we respond to it. Looking carefully how we live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time. Think about all the time you've wasted over the years putting things off, like your wellness, your personal or business goals, your financial stewardship, your relationships, exploring passions, or growing in your faith walk. Me too. Whether you tend to procrastinate a little or a lot, did any of it really get you where God was leading you long-term? Probably not. So I encourage you to let go of procrastinating starting today. This, my friend, is a good thing to put off. And I also encourage you to go grab Laura's free course on her website and Come inside the Redeem Her Time community where you can ask Laura and I questions about your procrastinating. In fact, here is today's community question. What is one step you will take to slow down so you can be more of a pro-actor than a re-actor? Come share inside our community where you can get more truth and tools to redeem your time and put off procrastinating. And I don't know about you, but when I'm running on empty physically, emotionally, and spiritually... It's way easier to procrastinate than when I'm filled up and ready to respond with wisdom. That's why I put together the new Fill Your Cup First free guide and coaching video. I challenge you to make time to refill and see the difference it makes in procrastinating or not procrastinating where you're called to pour out. You can grab yours at redeemhertime.com forward slash fill, and I'll be sure to link it in the show notes. Now, before we go, let's take this to the Lord. Ah, Dear Lord, we confess that we are procrastinators. We tend to make decisions based on how we feel in the moment and don't always seek your wisdom 
or the wise counsel of others and of your spirit before we react. So Lord, I pray first that you would flood us with your grace for the procrastination that we have been prone to in the past. And that as we fill up with you, with your wisdom from your truth, your spirit, and those you've put in our lives, that we would slow down and think first and be wise before we react. God, I thank you for this stage of life and the beauty of it. Help us not to see the negativity of all the emotions we're feeling, but to take them to your feet and to ask for your wisdom and how to respond. And so, Lord, I thank you for your promise to be with us and to guide us through even these challenges in our day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, friend, we'll see you over inside the Redeem Her Time community, where we'll talk more about this. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And until next time, remember, you do have all the time you need for what he has called you to in this season and in light of eternity. Follow his example to create a rightly ordered schedule and a rightly ordered heart, because you are here for such a time as this. Hey, before you go, I pray this episode blessed you, challenged you, and moved you to take action. So, what was the one thing God showed you today? I'd love to hear. So would you take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It makes my heart smile, and that way I know you're liking the show. And it helps other busy Christian women, just like you, find real-life answers too. Speaking of which, grab the link and share this with someone you know that's been praying for a breakthrough. And don't forget to come join the after party inside the Redeem Her Time community. We're not just about knowing, we're about doing, together. Head on over to redeemhertime.com to join the community, leave a question to be featured on the podcast, schedule a free 15-minute strategy session, or all the above. Of course, I'll drop the link in the show notes because I know you're a busy girl. Look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. I'll see you in a few days, friend. God bless.